1: podcast you're listening to the premier rockets podcast it's h-town hoops hosted by brandon Scott and adam spolane it is the h-town hoops podcast we are coming to you right as the rockets come back from the all-star break flat with a loss against the new new orleans pelicans this one was hardly competitive i would say Maybe early on when they were hitting threes somewhat uncharacteristically, but man, this was a really rough watch. The Rockets for a while have been a rough watch. Adam, the story going into this game was that he made Udoka made the decision to not make any changes to the to the starting lineup. The starting lineup goes out there and doesn't play great. All of them hit threes early on. They're five or six from three early to start. They All of them got in on the party. But they weren't good overall, man. By the by the middle of the second quarter, the defense is falling apart. What were your impressions of how the Rockets came back from this all-star break with this loss to the Pelicans?
0: Well, they haven't lost yet. It's a 26-point game with under eight to play. So well,
1: by the by the by the time we by the time we press record on this bad boy, they will have lost. They will have they will have certainly lost. There's there's seven minutes left, a little over seven minutes left in the game as we record. So what what do you think overall of, of what you saw from the Rockets as a, as a squad?
0: I think it's an incredibly disappointing effort. When you look at you're coming out of the break, you played poorly when you went into the break, you started to get some guys, you, you come back, you get some guys, you get two guys healthy going into this game. Um, you talk about how you're right. You're, you know, you're, On the outside looking in when it comes to the play in, but you're there. You have, you know, last year they were 15 and a half games back of the last play in spot when they came out of the break. This year they're three and a half games out. Again, it's a tall task, especially in the West, but it's there for them. And if not for a very fluky first quarter where they made seven threes, this is a team that does not shoot the three well, especially on the road if it's not for a seven, three point, three pointer first quarter, this is a 30 or 40 point game. I mean, that's just how um, poor that they were in this one. And if you are Ime Yudoka, you've got to be incredibly disappointed with what you saw just because you look now their next five games are against Phoenix and Oklahoma city. So like they are there. So they're going to be 24 and 31 after this game. And would it shock you if they are, 24 and 36 in what a week and a half? I, I don't think so. So I mean it's uh this is not what you wanted to see coming out of the break is a game like this.
1: Somebody asked me a couple of days ago, Adam, if I thought the Rockets still had a chance to make the play in or if they should, you know, kill their expectations of them going to the play in. I said I said, look, you shouldn't kill that expectation because that was the expectation going into the season. But the reality of it is. Like you can hold them accountable to their own stated goals and expectation. But the reality of it is out of the teams that are competing for the play-in, out of the top 10 teams in the Western Conference, and really we're talking about the top 12 or <laughs> it's hard to say top 12 when there's only so many teams in there. But when you're talking about the field, they are the worst of the teams that are competing for those spots. Like they, like they. that's how it feels right now. And, I, and watching the game, watching this game on – Thursday night. The feeling of it was it, it was sort of like crystallized. It was sort of like put into perspective of hey like even when they're doing some of the things well that they don't normally do and I thought early in the game the issue with like I thought part of their you know look rebounding is a part of the defense, right? But I thought they defended okay early early on and it just fell apart. Um, but, but man, they were getting out, rebounded, like they couldn't board for anything. And that's been a theme recently. You can't rebound. You're not physical enough. You didn't really do enough at the deadline to address that. So, you know, like all of these things compound, you can't defend, you can't rebound even. And so even when you shoot it, well, even when you have that fluky first quarter that they had, they, it, it didn't really feel like it did much for them because they couldn't t- take care of things on the other end, uh, defensively and on the board. So just overall it's disappointing as you say but it is also kind of sobering in realizing that this team just is not good enough
0: well they gave up they they made seven threes in the first quarter and we're still losing I mean that's kind of all you need to know like if you make seven threes in a quarter you should not be losing and that's what happened today um I, I think that so you say they're probably the worst of the 12 I think they're probably better than Utah right now because Utah is kind of Utah traded a bunch of guys, you know, they were sellers basically at the deadline as they look to towards the future. So I think they're better than Utah, but they are the worst of the 11 that are left. But I think that was always going to be the case. I think that they went into the season as the worst of that group. That's what we talked about before the season started, where we said that the deck was really stacked against them for getting into that top 10 because of how good everyone else is and the fact that they might finish 11th, I think does in a sense turn into a little bit of a victory but it's disappointing that the the way that they have played really the last now 28 games they were 15 and 12 eighth place uh through 27 games and now the last games after tonight they are going to be 9 and 19 like that's 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 just not good enough obviously it's not good enough um but I think that it's important for them to continue to go for the play in. It really does not do them any good to try, you know, to tank these last however many games. And now there's a little bit of a scuffle here uh, between, it looks like Valentino, I, I got I, I, to, Jose Alvarado, of course, was in the mix there. But it doesn't do them any good to uh, essentially tank these last 27, I think it's 27 games that are left because, again, they don't control their pick. And so, uh, like you're just gonna get you're just gonna help Oklahoma City with their draft you know spot, and maybe you get a few more ping pong balls here and there. But I do think it's important for them to continue to play this thing out, continue to play important games down the stretch because I think that that will help them moving forward.
1: yeah, it just as far as like the expectation part of it though, i I felt like expectations were starting to change when maybe they were out kicking their coverage a little bit early on in the season, but the things that led them on, or led them off to a strong start. The things that they were doing well at the time are just not things that they seem to do well now. Now we understand what all of the reasons for that might be. They haven't been healthy. Like, their they're starting five has not been healthy over the last 25, 30 games or so. Like, we understand that. This was the first game where they get all of those guys back. And you mentioned that, how it was disappointing to see how they played under those circumstances. But they're not doing the thing, like, they're... they're the little things the way that they have played i think is the the disappointing part about it because you feel like if they did still defend if they were still you know competing the way that they were early on in the year that they would look a lot obviously they would look a lot better and they would have a lot better chance to be in that play-in and then obviously some of the players that haven't lived up quite to the expectation i think i, I feel like fred van Bleach has given everything that you want from a leadership standpoint and from you know, from from the from a veteran standpoint and just and from a performance standpoint, I, I feel like it's something that it is has been reliable. But but I wouldn't say has been good enough. Certainly not tonight in this game. Was it good enough him coming off the injury? Um, and, and obviously, Jalen Green, who we talked about at nauseam, like like there are there are just elements of this that have just not lived up to the expectation or the standard.
0: Well, specifically for this game, 16 turnovers with 642 to go in the fourth quarter, that is very unlike them. You know, they have actually, that's been probably one of the biggest areas of growth with this team has been the turnovers, and Van Vliet had four of them. Again, that's very unlike him. Maybe that's some rust. You know, he hasn't played in a game in, what, two and a half weeks, so maybe that's to be expected. Um, The rebounding obviously was bad early, but I, I think the one thing that you can kind of point to is just, there's just a lack of physicality, and they are getting just completely overwhelmed physically in this game by Jonas Valanciunas and Zion Williamson. And that is a problem. And there it's to the point, it's difficult when you have Debarry Smith Jr. out there playing the four, because when you play big teams like this, he's going to get overwhelmed. And you saw that today uh, when they played against Zion Williamson earlier in the year, they couldn't put um, Jabari Smith Jr. J- Jabari Smith Jr. is on the bench uh, at the end of the game because they didn't trust him against Zion. Uh, in this game, it was Dylan Brooks basically on Williamson, and that's that's a really tough ask of Dylan Brooks. And then the guy, in your center, who's supposed to be physical, he's getting completely overwhelmed physically by Valanchunas. So it's that's just you know a bunch of stuff that just really can't happen, and they could not take advantage of some of the deficiencies that you know you. Uh, as good as Williamson and Valanchunas are on one end of the floor, you should be able to take advantage of them on the other end of the floor, and the Rockets were unable to do that. So, uh, again, it, it's a really disappointing game. There's really nothing good. I, maybe Amin Thompson played well. Maybe you can take something good out of that. But, I mean, for the most part, if this is, this is not what you're looking for coming out of the break when you still have an opportunity to make the play-in.
1: Yeah, the physicality part about it stands out, and it has for a while now. I mean, I think that's something that we've talked about a lot. Damn near as much as we talked about Jalen Green. Like we we talked about how they just don't match up physically. They don't. They don't have. Remember, I mean, we talked about that in the off season. You know, it's just it's been a a constant theme, and it's just you know just reaffirmed itself over time. I, <laughs> How does that fix itself? Is it just like Steven? So you traded for Steven Adams and now that's going to fix itself over the off season? Like, like I, I'm very curious on how that even gets addressed. Like how, how do they, where does that physicality come from? Especially for a Udoka team that I, I feel like that's like, that's going to really bother him. He's going to demand that.
0: Well, It should bother. Him. I mean, this is a guy who really preaches toughness and his team is getting out tough right now. And Like, great, they got Steven Adams. Like you said, that doesn't help you the next 27 games. So are you going to completely get outclassed in the toughness department over the last 27 games, or are you going to step up and do something about it? And, you know, the good news for them, the next couple, you know, the next five games are not against, like, the most physical teams in the world, but those are still really good teams. So I just, like, that's got to come from within. Like, you're either tough or you're not tough. And the guys that they have right now, they either – you know, take that challenge and they match the toughness of the other team or you see what happened tonight. And so that's the alternative. And so I believe they play new Orleans again this season. I'll, I'll double check that, but I mean, uh, you got to show more than what you look, should look it,
1: it, it, it is to me inexcusable though. Like when we talk about holding to a standard and, and what's not good enough, like a team and, and, and maybe, you know, you can put, put a little bit of this on the front office as well, but a team coached by Ime Udoka with Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Bleet on it should not have physicality issues, toughness issues, like, like things like that. Like, and, and I'm not saying it's always effort. It's not for lack of trying, but you can't have all of these, like, bona fide tough guys as kind of like front-facing figures of your franchise and then come out there and get bullied like that. Like to me, that's just like inconsistent with the branding and, and with the messaging. Like, nah, at the very very least, we know y'all are not that talented, or we're still trying to figure out how talented you are because you're really young in the places where you're supposed to be talented, right? So we're still trying to figure out how talented you are. But when you bring in MA Udoka, you know, as the as the leader of your franchise, and you have Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet as your marquee offseason free agent signings. I need to see a little bit more toughness and physicality from the basketball team, man. That's just that, that, that's me is not good enough.
0: Well, Van Vliet is a six foot tall point guard yeah. and Brooks yeah. is. He got a
1: wing. On. Yeah. Yeah. He and got, he got stepped on it. I, I feel bad for him because he got his shot blocked and got stepped on by Zion Williamson. Couldn't so- have felt good.
0: So you're talking about a wing who mostly plays along the perimeter. And then you're talking about a point guard who's six feet tall, you know, like your big guys are the ones that need to bring the physicality. Your yeah. center needs to be the one to bring the physicality. Your four man needs to be the one to bring the physicality. And neither one of them did that in this game. So yeah. that's an issue. Yeah,
1: no doubt. Well, yeah. And, and they need to bring them in. And, and that's part, that's why I mentioned about the front office part because I think we know what those guys are or who those guys are, the ones that we're talking about. So I I thought there was a responsibility to kind of bring in, like to to acknowledge, and maybe it's just that we talked about this on the last podcast, how you know, certain deals probably just weren't there. You know, they didn't want to just make a deal for the sake of it or make a bad deal because they thought they, you know, needed to fill this hole or whatever it was. But man, it, it it is so glaring and obvious when you watch them you know, you mentioned the physicality, we talked about it before and they're getting beat up in this game, man. It's just uh it's just a bad look. Like you're right. Like they can't it, it's a it's a check that they can't necessarily cash. Like they can be as tough as they want to be, but they can't guard Valančiūnas. They can't guard Zion Williamson. I I get that, but damn it, bring in somebody that can protect the, that can protect the damn basket at some point, you know? Um like like I feel like they just got to have that. So so that, that that is obviously the the letdown from the rockets coming out of the break is just having these guys back and not being able to show anything better than you know double digit double digit deficit throughout most of the game you know after say you know the 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 first quarter or whatever it was when they when they were lucky hitting the threes you know defense falls apart about midway through the second quarter and it's just shot to hell from there so r- real disappointing i i do want to ask you at least the Positive part about this game, oh, I thought. Let me, were, let
0: me just throw one more thing out there, because go this, this goes back to the very beginning of the season. And Yudoka said, "Got to stay away from thirty-point quarters. Don't like thirty-point quarters." Ooh, what yes. First quarter, 31 second yep. quarter, thirty-two. Third oh, quarter, yeah. thirty-eight. I mean, yeah. that, that's it right there. Like you, you talk about defense, and you give up back-to-back-to-back thirty-point third quarters, and it got progressively worse as the game went along. And and I will say one other thing. Uh, I do think one interesting thing that comes out of this game, uh, we talk about toughness, we talk about defense. Jay Sean Tate was a DNP for the first three quarters of this game. So it's kind of clear that he is kind of the odd man out uh, in this rotation at the moment.
1: Yeah, well, I kind of assume that anyway, at, you know, from the trade deadline, like I I know they kept kept him and everything, but it it seemed like his, and especially with the rise of cam whitmore you know i, I figured like it's it, from the number standpoint it just wasn't going to be a, a lot of room for him what did you think about amen thompson in this game because i continue to be impressed by him both defensively his athleticism which i, I think we already knew about but man I, I i'm really liking what i'm seeing from this kid i don't know like i i, I, I don't know exactly what to do with the whole starting lineup thing. I wanted him in the starting lineup because I thought he could help them defensively. But then, you know, I'm watching how they defend this guy. Like, they sag off of this guy several feet because, you know, you know that the jump shot is not there. There's the conflict there. To me, he was the the one bright spot of the game.
0: Yeah, and he did make one three. So, again, that's a step. But, again, he's not going to be guarded out there. And really, I think that teams will have no trouble just kind of, like you said, playing off of him. Uh, I think the big thing for him offensively is just his ability to get to the rim. Um, they really the entire night had trouble getting to the rim, and that was not an issue for him. And not only did he get to the rim, but he converted once he did get to the rim. And again, that's been an issue for them as they don't have the best finishers. So he was pretty good there defensively. He's you know he, he's fine for, for a rookie. Uh, he, he makes a lot of things happen, though, and he fills up the box score. A uh, couple, uh, let's see, he had three blocks in this game, five rebounds, three assists. Uh, so, so, yeah, it, it, I think that he has taken a really good step over the course of the season. And I didn't think that we would see him that much. Part of that was, you know, because they had Kevin, they were supposed to have Kevin Porter Jr. And obviously uh, that went away. Um, he, he was hurt and then he was sick. And so that really hurt him to start this season. But he seems to be getting better and better as the season goes along. And he does multiple things well. And I think that's what you really want to see. Again, he's a a serious work in progress. There's got to be a lot of improvement, especially with the jumper, because I think that's what's going to keep him on. the. If he can't make shots, it's hard to keep him on the floor, especially when the games actually matter. Uh, So if he can work on that, if he can get respectable at that and at least make teams have to guard him. It makes him a really interesting player moving forward, and a guy that you can really build around and do a lot of things with, just because of the size, the athleticism, the versatility, and the skill level.
1: Yeah, man. I, uh, you mentioned him getting to the rim. I think that's a big part about it. Like that, this is a <laughs> this was a team in this game that, like you mentioned, wasn't really able to do that. He's able to do that. I, I'm really, really intrigued by what he can do, kind of going forward. But in the immediacy the reason why I wanted to put him in the starting lineup was a lot to do with the defense and it's, and I'm not trying to make him like to be some kind of all NBA defender or anything, but the defense is failing that, that has been the theme of what we talked about with this game. It's been the reason why they haven't been as good lately, you know, as good as they were to start the season. Why do you think it is that this defense isn't any good? Is it, is it just the physicality? Is it beyond that? Like to me, that's the part of it that stands out to most is that they're just not big enough and physical enough to match up with bigger teams. But, man, like they, you know, early in the game, it was uh, it was uh, it was McCollum, you know. Um, and so, like, I, I just <laughs> I don't know, man, it just it, it, it is odd to me that all of a sudden it just doesn't feel like a good defensive team overall.
0: I think there are a lot of reasons. I I don't think that you can sum it up into just one. Uh, I think part of it has been they haven't been healthy. So, I mean, Brooks has been basically their two best defenders were off the floor for a a good amount of time this season uh, with Brooks and and Tari Eason. Um, Let me ask you, I'm just going to ask you this question. Is it a problem when your six-foot point guard leads your team in block shots?
1: Ooh dude ooh, talk about that physicality again boy well, i'm
0: just talking I mean, about rim protection just overall rim
1: protection yeah but a rim protection is is to me is physicality i mean you can't protect the rim if you're not physical in any kind of way like yeah no i think i think that's all that all goes together no yeah that is a problem that's not so, good
0: coming into tonight's game fred van vliet had played in 47 games he had 46 blocks for a point guard of his size that's pretty remarkable Alper and Shingun had played in 53 games. He's got 39 block shots. Jabari Smith Jr. played in 49 games, 36 block shots. Like, they have no rim protection right now. And so teams are just driving to the rim at will against them, and they are converting an awful lot of those shots. So I think that's part of it. I think another part of it is that when they were really good defensively, at least when the numbers were good defensively to start the season, they were getting some pretty good three-point luck. You know, Teams were missing open three-point looks against them. That's not happening at the same level. Um, So I think there are many, many, many reasons why the defense has fallen off the way that it has. Um, The rebounding is inconsistent. We saw it in this game. The first part of this game, they could not get a defensive rebound to save their lives. There have been other times over the course of the season, especially in big spots where they cannot get a rebound. So I think that it feels like night in, night out, there is something defensively new that pops up. Like one night it might be this. The next night it might be that. Uh, I think you can point to individuals. I don't think that Dylan Brooks has been quite as good defensively since he's come back from the oblique. Obviously, I don't think Shingun has been very good defensively, at least lately. I think he might be a little tired. He might have been a little tired before this game just because of the minutes that he had played and he'd only missed one of the first 54 games. So I think there's a lot of things that you can point to.
1: Man, look, I'm going to point to the elephant in the room here because we've touched on it and hit on it a little bit, and I'm looking at it right now talk about the rebounding I talked about earlier you just mentioned it now Jabari Smith Jr four rebounds in this game in 27 minutes four four so like and and you talked about him not really being able to be on the floor when you've got two physical bigs out there or two guys that you know he's kind of displaced in that way He's been better this year. He, he has been, in, in a lot of ways, a bright spot, I feel like. But at the same time, they need more from Jabari, like it, it like physically. Like, they need that physicality from him. You know, I criticized a little bit the, the lack of effort to bring somebody in here to be kind of an enforcer. But, I mean, he's the one who's already here. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much of it I can ask and can, like, fairly ask of him. But I do think that that it's a problem that you're not a physical enough team and your defensive weak link, it seems like, is the four spot. And Jabari, to his credit, was supposed to be scouted as a, you know, a, a, he was a highly touted defensive prospect. So, you know, that's not cutting it right now. Like, like I I, I feel like they need a lot more from, their number three overall pick from a couple of years ago. See, I
0: don't agree with that. I, I know today was obviously bad, but you look at just what he did before the break um, against Memphis, 11 total rebounds, 10 defensive rebounds. Uh, New York, seven total rebounds, five defensive rebounds. Uh, Atlanta, 10 total rebounds, eight defensive rebounds. Toronto, 10 rebounds, five defense. Like, again, it's not great, but in, in terms of a part 36, he's a better defensive rebounder than the center. He's a better, you know, he gets more defensive rebounds per 36 than Shingun does. So I think that those two kind of go hand in hand. And so I get what you're saying. And he absolutely needs to be more physical because there are games just during February, uh, three rebounds against Toronto on February 2nd, two rebounds against Minnesota on February 4th. So there needs to be some more consistency there, no doubt. But I, I think, I don't think that pinning it all on him is totally fair. And I don't agree with that
1: yeah well i'll pin it all on all of them you know because it's not it's not just one person i I was kind of just making a point about him but look
0: he has he has not been as good since the ankle injury though i I think i I will certainly agree with you there
1: yeah no to me it's shingun it's it's jabari it's dylan brooks as well who has been injured like I, i think he i think dylan brooks probably has the best excuse of them all But and and health is an issue for all of them. Like, let's be let's just be fair to all of these guys. They've all gone through something. You know, even Jabari himself, you know, was injured for a minute. So like all of them have dealt with something, but it just has not been good enough. I I feel like I I just don't feel like it's been good enough defensively lately. Um, And and, and maybe there's some recency bias just coming off the heels of this game and seeing exactly what it looks like when two physical bigs can play your non-physical bigs off the floor. I mean you're looking at Shingun. you're looking at Jabari Smith, you're looking at hell you're even looking at M.A. Udoka and it's not his fault, but it's like hey man this is your crew. This is your, this is the crew that you rode out here with you the tough guy, you're the guy out here that's that that's that's that's, that's dog cussing LeBron James from the from the sideline and you come out here with a crew that gets pushed around like that and and, and just can't rebound and save like you can talk about, you can give me Jabari Smith's rebound numbers and give me, like, individual good rebounding days from different players. Jalen Green was rebounding well at a different point. Uh, Fred VanVleet leads the team in blocks. But overall, man, like we said, this is not a very, has not been a very good rebounding team as of late and certainly has not been a very good defensive team as of late. For sure. Now, Jalen Green. Um. So... I thought that to start the game, it seemed like there was a, a clear effort to get him and I don't know if involved or engaged is the word that I'm looking for exactly, but there there seemed to be like a concerted effort with Jalen Green to start this game. um He was diving for loose balls, hit a three. Um, but not too long after that, I looked up and he was two of ten, and I'll see what he what did he finish for this game uh 14. three or fourteen. So, not good, not great. Um, I know when the conversation came about changing the off uh, or the changing the starting lineup, a lot of the focus on that was on Jalen Green, kind of the obvious for a lot of people because of the disappointment, kind of the obvious candidate. I thought there could have been you know possibly other candidates, uh but that was the obvious one comes back and struggles again do you like do you do, do you think that it's even a a thought that coming off the bench could either benefit him or the team or both
0: i, I don't know yet I, I really don't and you know I, I obviously in the week leading up you know in the week from memphis to yesterday's practice it certainly was something that i thought about uh, I really don't know because you have to then come to decision. Okay, well he's not going to start who's going to start. And does that make you a better team? And I don't know the answer to that because the, the options essentially would be, well, you could start cam Whitmore and cam Whitmore has been certainly shot the ball a whole lot better this season, but he doesn't do a whole lot outside of that. And so you're taking a step back defensively. You're taking a step back in terms of uh, playmaking You know, they are comfortable having Jalen Green as a secondary ball handler. If you sub Cam Whitmore for Jalen Green, then all of a sudden you don't have that. You know, you lose that aspect of the game. And now you can really only run offense through two guys. You know, you're not having Dylan Brooks create offense. You're not having Jabari Smith create offense. And you're not going to have Cam Whitmore create offense because he's not ready for it. So that's the downside there. You lose something defensively. You lose something just in terms of secondary playmaking and just like all around stuff. You could go with a man Thompson, but then obviously your spacing just becomes a mess because teams aren't going to guard him. So, you know, there are certainly reasons to do it and there are reasons not to do it. And I understand the reasoning not to do it because as Yudoka said, and as I wrote about um, yesterday, that starting lineup at the start of the season was outstanding together. Um, the first 27 games, I think they were plus 10 uh, per 100 possessions like that's really good that's a great starting lineup and then obviously as guys got hurt and guys were in and out of the lineup that that lineup has certainly taken a big dip over the last 27 and now 28 games um, so I, I do think that as they start to get some more guys healthy as, as they maybe have a little bit more consistency with this starting five and they're not playing just like you know two games together and then having somebody get hurt then I think that it's fair for you to want to see this group play together a little bit more before you do anything drastic.
1: Yeah. I've thought a lot about it and, you know, I I was leaning on the side of, of Thompson, but the issues that you mentioned come up about the spacing, you know, I thought about it more so from a defensive standpoint and I like his activity on the, like, I I feel like he does a good job of not kind of just standing around um, today was kind of a, tonight was kind of a weird game, but like, I I thought they could do, they could maybe work around it is a better way to put it, but everything that you mentioned still comes up and, and, and really for me, it comes down to your first question. Does that make you better? You know, does, does benching him actually make you better? Does really even changing this starting lineup really actually make you better And I don't like I think the answer is no, you know, like I I think the answer is no, even if it's also true that Jalen Green has been a disappointment, that Jalen Green has consistency issues. You know that that that, like all of those things can be true, but also it'd be true that taking him out of your starting lineup based off of how your team is constructive, constructed would not be beneficial to the team. So that that's where I've landed on it and watching this game against the Pelicans. I'm thinking about it like, yo, that, that starting lineup is very clearly their best lineup and it ain't good enough. You know, like that, that might just be what the reality is instead of like, there's, there can be hand wringing about what the starting lineup production is. And you can hold the starting lineup accountable for what it's doing but that's a different question and a different point from changing it. You know, from benching a guy. It's like, it's like, it's like, no, you're not benching that guy. That guy just needs to play better.
0: And the one kind of constant thing that I've seen from people over the last day and a half has been, well, Yudoka's talked all about this accountability stuff, and he's just going to leave Jalen Green in the starting lineup. First of all, who starts doesn't matter. Like your starting five really is pretty meaningless at the end of the day. And I think as Udoka has proven, if you start and you don't play well, you're not going to play when the game matters. You're not going to play when the game is on the line. So he might start Jalen Green on a given night, but it doesn't mean Jalen Green is going to play crunch time. So just because you start the game, it doesn't mean that you finish the game. And that's where the accountability comes in. Like, yeah, you're you're going to keep your starting job, you know, whoop de doo but if, if you play poorly, it doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to play. There have there have been plenty of games this season where Jalen Green or any other starter, really aside from Van Vliet, has been the one guy who has not been mentioned at any point. But basically, Jalen Green and any other starter, they might start the game. But Yudoka has no problem keeping them to like 21 minutes if that's how poorly they're playing. So I, I don't... I think it's uh, to me like changing a starting lineup. Listen, it's, you know, fans might like it and fans might, you know, think that that will help, but ultimately it doesn't do a whole lot. And ultimately you wind up playing five man units that haven't really played together a whole lot. Like, I don't think the Rockets have a whole lot of bench units this season or there haven't been a lot of minutes where Jalen Green has been on the floor with bench minutes. So then you, all of a sudden you lose some continuity there. So I, I have no problem with them just kind of sticking with what they've got rotation-wise early in games. And the guys in the fourth quarter who deserve to play, they're gonna play.
1: How can Jalen get going, man? What can they do? What can he do? How, how can we get this guy going? Like, riddle me this, man.
0: That's been the question now, really, for what, the last two and a half months. And this is, uh, we've we've said it many times on this show, like, he, no one has more on the line over these last 27 games than Jalen Green. And, He's got 27 games to prove himself. And if he plays well, then he's going to make himself a lot of money. If he doesn't play well, if he continues the course that he's been on, then he's probably going to be on another team. And I think that it's been pretty apparent that there are other guys in the league that they like. There are other guys in the league that they will certainly target once the season is over, go look over at Brooklyn. And I don't think that they would hesitate to make some sort of a move if things were to come to that, but you know, he. As uh, as Rafael Stone said right before the break, like he has ability that cannot be replicated on that roster. That's why he's going to continue to get chances with this team. That's why he's going to continue to get chances uh, around the league. But at some point you got to produce and it's a it's a results oriented business. And if you don't give people results, you're not going to play. And I think that that's we are getting to that point. We're not there yet. Again, he's got 27 games to prove himself here. But they're just there are games when he looks like the guy they thought he was gonna be. And then there are games like tonight where he shoots three of fourteen. He's two of eight from three, but he's one for four at the rim. You know, like the three point shooting, there's variance there, and sometimes you're not gonna shoot it well, but you can't be one of four at the rim. You just yeah, can't.
1: I mean, he can't even get that reverse layup going. Like that little, like he'll he'll get to the rim and he can't, he just can't. Remember like his rookie year when he could get to the rim and couldn't finish? Remember how that was an issue? all of a sudden that feels like it's an issue again. And, and and it's not like he hasn't, you know, done some things with his body. Like he looks like he's matured physically enough to be fine in that area. That like, that part does not really make sense to me of why he can't, why he's not better at the rim. Like I, like I remember early in his career, maybe even as recently as last year, it's like, Hey, why can't he be more like job Morant? And it's like, man, he's not nearly as, I won't say crafty because he's, he's he's fine crafty. He's just not nearly as just good or touch or feel at the at the rim or in the paint painted area as like not even in the stratosphere as John Moran. But like just in a serviceable way, it's not even there. I don't get it.
0: Yeah. Well, one four at the rim tonight. He only took two free throws. I mean, again, like you you, you got to be more efficient at the rim. You, you just have to. And, you know, the three-point shooting is one thing. You're going to have two for eight nights from three. That's just how this goes. But if you are one for four at the rim with two free-throw attempts, you, you don't really give yourself much of a chance. And so let me see his final line tonight. Um, Ten points on, on 14 shots. Only played 24 minutes. Again, this is... This is not how you wanted to start the break. I thought it would be – I thought the break would do him some good. I thought just like getting away from everything, clearing his head would do him some good. And who knows, maybe, maybe tomorrow it's better for him. Uh, he's been much, much better uh, at home than he has been on the road. But, again, the clock is ticking. And I think that now – I mean, we've been saying it for a couple months now, but I think we're, we are at the point now where the clock is really ticking, where he's got to show them something because this season really was about – Especially you have a new coaching staff. So for that coaching staff, this season is about information and figuring out what you have with the guys that you inherited and the guys that you drafted. And I think that right now Jalen Green has been underwhelming to the point where I think that this staff is probably wondering if he's a guy who should be around in the future. And he's got to prove to them that he is one of those guys moving forward. Otherwise, they're gonna move
1: on from him. Yeah, man, for sure, man. It's it's rough. Maybe it's getting to the line. Maybe that's it. That That's something that he started to do well last year when he was playing well. Something that he's not doing as well as of late. Certainly didn't do it well in this game against the Pelicans. Maybe that's it. And, and, that, and that's tough because you don't you don't control the whistle. You know, you, you don't control the whistle as the player. You got to be you got to be initiating the contact. And, you know, I, I don't know that that's. That, that that's a tough one that is that is a real tough one but I, I do think you know uh, d- there are there are like three main themes with this team you know the the, 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 the defense obviously is the big part but three main themes with its the t- with this team as to why it hasn't realized this potential and I think that is the health issues that they've run into okay uh, they they've their last, what was it? You had the stat of the last 27 games or so or whatever it was, their their starting lineup had only played together what nine, nine games, games. Nine games, right? So the, the health. I think their lack of physicality and the fact that they can get beat up by more physical teams is just something that was it was never gonna be sustainable. And then the fact that Jalen Green really, and that's probably the main one, that Jalen Green has not turned into you know, at least something close to, you know, borderline. Like, he's not even at this point a borderline question mark. When you talk about how big the year is and how big the rest of this season is for him and even next season to a degree, like, it, it it's getting back into the even being in that conversation. He's out of that conversation of being a max guy or somebody that you would build a franchise around. It, he, He's out of that conversation. It, it's, you know doing some reverse engineering here like he, he's paddling upstream i would say it's probably a better way to put it yeah. so you know he's got he's got a long way to go got a long way to go in that regard you got 27
0: sure. games to prove Like mean, no. that, that that's what it really comes down to is that you've got 27 games and if you show again if you show something in these 27 games then hey you have a future with your organization if you play the next 27 games like like you played the first 55 then Your time here is probably over. I think that that's probably as blunt as I can make it.
1: You mentioned, we both mentioned Cam Whitmore earlier in the show. I'm in with this bad, and and I'm somewhat tongue in cheek here, but I'm also a little bit serious. When Cam Whitmore is out there, it feels like he's just out there. He's either out there doing just the one speed, knowing one speed thing, or he's just like out there. Why don't they run more Cam Whitmore plays? I want to see this guy come off a screen and spot up, and do some spot up shooting. I want him, you know, flaring to the basket. I I, I want to see something with Cam Whitmore, man. Why? What do I need to do, man, to get more Cam Whitmore plays? Get this guy more involved, man. He was quiet tonight. Want to see more,
0: Brandon? He leads the team in field goal attempts for thirty six minutes.
1: I need more.
0: I, I don't. I don't think that like not getting up enough shots has ever been an issue
1: for no. Him. But it's not. It's not. But that's that's what I'm saying though. It's not the. It's not the shot. Uh, the number of shot attempts. It's how – It's just like hey, hit the, the. Those shot attempts are here, Cam. Go, 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 just run like a bat out of hell, which he's good at, you know. Um, and he does hit some spots. He, he's do, been doing a pretty good job, much better job of shooting the ball than I think we expected him to do. But I just look at him out there and I'm like, man, do something with this guy, man. Run a play with this guy, man.
0: I think he's learning how to play at this level. I think it's, I think that he, and this is kind of why I said that it probably, wouldn't be a great idea to start him just because he's pretty limited in what he can do at this point. And so uh, I think that, I I think he, and Yudoka has even said this, I think that he is playing far more this season than they thought he would. Uh, And part of that has been need. Part of that has been that he's been good when given the opportunity, but he's doing a whole lot more than I think that they expected. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And then let him get, you know, let him continue to get his feet wet, but I, I he's going to get his shots up. <laughs> I think that's that's probably why you don't necessarily need to run a million plays for him, because he's still going to shoot. The ball's still going to find him at some point. And if it does, he's going to take the shot and he's not going to hesitate either.
1: Fair enough. I think what's happening here with me is that, you know, as the reality sets in that.
0: He took eight threes. Jesus, he took eight threes in twenty four minutes.
1: Oh, did he really? I don't think I noticed that. Did Although really? so
0: did Jalen Green. They 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 were both two for eight. They both played twenty four minutes.
1: Of course, very very on brand for this for this Rockets team. Look, you want to talk about regression to the mean after after the way they started that game, <laughs> you know, with all of those threes. It's like nah, two for eight from a couple of your perimeter players. That's what the reality is. But I think what's happening for me is as the reality sets in on what this team is, I'm just like looking at the younger players and and thinking about what they, they're so raw. Both of them are so, are, are just so raw, you know? So uh, I think this is a good experience for them, but you know, obviously it's not going to, it's not going to do a lot for the Rockets in terms of um, in terms of this uphill battle to make the play in doesn't, doesn't seem like it.
0: Yeah. I mean, in all likelihood, that's going to be how this turns out.
1: All right, man, got the Suns you know, back-to-back to to come back from the All-Star break. So you got the Suns, Thunder, bunch of Suns and Thunder coming up. So we're going to do this again at some point in between this Suns-Thunder mix that they're going to have, that the Rockets are going to have over the next uh, several days or so. So we appreciate y'all for tuning in. Make sure that y'all are subscribing, rating, reviewing telling your people about the podcast, get it wherever you can. You can also, of course, watch this thing on YouTube on the sports radio, 610 YouTube. So make sure you do that. Subscribe to that as well. And for Adam Spillane, Austin Mendez, handling this bad boy for us behind the scene. I am Brandon Scott. We appreciate y'all for joining us And until next time. Y'all be good.